0: yo 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 what's going on millionaires you're listening to the million dollar mind podcast episode 139 on five ways to avoid losing money in real estate welcome back millionaires i'm your guy kai speaks and this is your guide to accumulate an abundance in your life today we're going to be talking about the five ways to avoid losing money in real estate and why it is super important because who wants to lose money period right and with real estate you invest in a lot of money so you definitely don't want to be losing money you definitely want to get the best bang for your buck and this is the episode that's going to help you do that but before we get into that Again, you guys are going to have a chance to win some free monies, right? Just stick around to the end of the episode for the details on how you can win. But let's get to it. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the world's most trusted podcast for passion and attraction. You're in the right place if you're here looking for money making tips and tricks to living a more passionate life. Now, one of my students recently made a crucial step or a crucial set of mistakes, I I should say, that cost them thousands of dollars. Literally, everything was going great. You know, they contracted their first deal, contracted their first two deals and only in a matter of, I would say, three, four weeks in the program. And the first deal that they had was projected to net about twenty three thousand dollars. Right. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, most wholesalers don't start off making about, you know. 20, 30, until maybe like three week, three months of like figuring out all the systems and stuff like that. When you first get started, your average deal may be about five to 10K, but this person was projected to net about $23,000 on their first deal. Soon that 23K deal turned into an 8K deal, then to a 3K deal. And you can see where I'm going with this one. It just started to dwindle down from there. This deal still hasn't closed yet, but it's looking like it's going to end up being a one K deal. And this episode is going to be some of the crucial mistakes that were made so that we can avoid this in the future. Right. But don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged quite yet because this does happen to the best of us. This happened to myself. On a few baby deals, Um, actually not too long ago, right? So, from my mistakes, I now know how to not repeat this result. And just from learning from helping out others, I really am familiar with how not to, you know, repeat this result as well. So, here's what you want to avoid first first, you want to avoid assumptions. Avoid assumptions at all costs. Assumptions are setting you up for failure. Instead, you want to be over questionable, right? You want to question everything. If somebody says there's a leaky roof, you should turn on your question cap and you should have a thousand questions that will give you every bit of information you need to know about that leaky roof. Secondly, avoid overexcitement. No one wants to work with the person that seems like an amateur. And if you overly excited, you sound like an amateur. You sound like someone who doesn't really do this and doesn't do this often. So you just got to keep your composure, be enthusiasm or be enthusiastic, I should say, but not too overly enthused. Third, lazy dispo. What do I mean by lazy dispo? Lazy dispo is just, you know, just trying to figure out. Okay, I got the deal. It's gonna, you know, turn into money eventually. You have to work. You have to work each deal to the bone. You have to connect. You have to put, appoint the right people. But lazy dispo is just a combination of assumptions and just not really putting your best foot forward, just assuming things are going to fall into place, not being, you know, overly questionable, not, you know, putting in action, not, you know, being the first person to to the deal, because, you know, they say the early bird gets the worm first. If you get a tip, take the tip. If you get a lead, call the lead. Don't say I'm a call on that day. I'm a call on this day. Like. Start making actions. Let's get into a habit and normalizing applying actions when we get the cue to apply those actions. Fourth, setting the wrong expectations. You want to avoid setting the wrong expectations. And I love this term in real estate, which is to under promise, but over deliver. So what I mean by that is you don't want to go running your mouth off and saying you're going to do this, you're going to do X, you're going to do Y, you're going to do Z. But you never really done X, Y, Z before yet. Keep it light. That's a that's a part of being overly excited. When we get overly excited, we start over committing, over promising to things that we've never done before and probably can't even, you know, promise our clients. So under promise, be very humble and say, you know, this is going to be a good experience for the both of us. We're going to do these things, things that are in your means and then just over deliver. If you have the room to be able to over, you know, over deliver on what your promises were, it just means you're guaranteed a five star review when you ask for it from that seller or from that buyer. So. Avoiding these mistakes, this is how you're going to be able to soon, very soon, normalize 15K deals. So let's get to the action steps, because this is what is most important. First, it's going to be understanding real estate terminology. Guys, I've even um, made a couple of reels. If you guys are following me on Instagram, I've even included a couple of videos where I might have briefly mentioned these books, but a book you definitely want to check out is going to be Negotiating Real Estate, the book on negotiating real estate by John and Carol Scott. They're actually two realtors that's actually a married couple, and they've been doing it for quite some time. They actually have some great case studies that you can look into, good concessions that you can make first starting off in uh, real estate. And just really going through the terminology so that you can be more confident on the phones and competent with these sellers and these buyers just from understanding what the terminology is and what these things mean. You sound a lot better on the phones using actual real estate terms than just saying this and that, this and that. The same terms that they're using. If you sound like your seller, you sound like a beginner. You have to sound like the expert and the way that you sound like the expert is just being more familiar with the real estate terminology. And if that means investing in your education, like purchasing some books on Amazon for $14 or getting your audible account, listen to the audiobooks, That's what you got to do. But understand the real estate terminology is going to be key to the rest of these steps and the, your, the, the journey and the progress that you make in real estate. Next, make the right concessions. What do I mean? What is a concession? Consider concessions as the transactional funds of a real estate transaction, pretty much like of a negotiation in better words. So think of it as the currency of negotiations. Concessions are things that you make is like, if you give me this. I'll give you that. Or if you expect that I need to have this in return, it is how you protect your interest. And you make it seem like you're someone that's easier to work with for your buyers and for your sellers. If you don't have concessions at all or if you make the wrong concessions, you can actually end up in a deal that is very hurtful and harmful to your business. and doesn't really help. You can end up spending a lot of time on a deal and making no money at all. So save your time, make some chips and keep it pushing. Also, with setting the right concessions, it means also setting proper expectations as well. So that means, you know, after you get a contract signed is letting them know what those next steps look like. Properly setting those expectations. Again, it's got how you're going to keep your sellers on the line and in your good in in their good graces. That's how you stay in their good graces. If you sign a contract and the person doesn't hear for you for three days because you're just expecting them to wait for an update on what's going on. That could kill your deal. That could kill a deal that can kill twenty thousand dollars. So. You know, make sure that you set setting the right expectations, what they should look forward to. If you're not going to follow up with them in a week, make sure that they understand by the end of the call that you will not be following up with them until X day. Thirdly. Asking the right questions. This touches back to the beginning when I said be very questionable on everything. There is a. I would say, what is the word I'm looking for? There is a myth that in sales and negotiations is nothing but cheesy, sleazy, you know, slick talking. Like you got to know the right words. You got to be clever and quick on your feet and saying the right phrases that's going to sweep these people off their feet. And that is just 1000% movie myth. It's not true. Great salesmen and great negotiators ask the right questions. It is asking questions that make your seller or make your opposition. Say what it is that you want them to say. Right. If I know that the roof having a giant hole in it is a problem, but the seller is seeming a little bit delusional, I can't just come out and say, hey, your roof is a problem. You know, you need me to come in and fix it. I can't just say that. I need to ask them a question so they say it. So it sounds more like, well, have you considered about the mold remediation and how expensive that can get from you not having this roof fixed for three months already? Have you had somebody come in and check in the, you know, how much mold is in the house? Because it could be in the, the ceilings and you may not even see it. So it's asking those questions because they might not even have thought about that. So with them not thinking about it, you asking the questions forces them to think about it. And it forces them to answer and state the problem in their own words. That is the importance of asking the right questions. Number four, always do your due diligence. I know so many people, especially when getting started in wholesaling, particularly they think that it is a desktop business, which it is. It is very much a desktop business. You can run a successful wholesale company from your desk and from your computer. But that does not mean that when you contract properties that you just don't do any due diligence. You need to go out to these properties and see them for yourself, or you need to be in a position where you can hire taskers from TaskRabbit or Facebook Marketplace and pay some people to go out and do these projects for you. Take some videos and take some photos for you and then delivering them back to you so that you can do your analysis off of what is and not just off of what the seller or what the buyers are telling you. OK, so you want to understand because this goes both ways. If You know, you're sending a bunch of your buyers into a property and this goes for your your realtors out there as well. If you're sending your buyers out to a property and you haven't seen it yet, it could be nothing of what they're looking for. And so you even shoot a little bit of your own credibility just for just by presenting to your buyers a property that you assumed back to that assumption. You assumed this property was in the condition that they're looking for, but it turns out it's not. So do your own due diligence. Put your eyes on the property. And be able to make your analysis based off of actual facts and what you see, not off of what you hear. Number five or number four. Four five. Yeah, number five. Normalize reduction calls. Here's why normalizing reduction calls is important in any real estate business, because you're not perfect. You don't have all the answers. No matter how many books you read, things are always changing in real estate. There are always uncontrollables in these transactions, especially in every transaction. Guys, there are about four to five, let's say five to eight people per real estate transaction, including yourself, your seller, your buyers, the closing attorneys, the transaction coordinators, the agents. There's always between five to eight parties involved in each real estate transaction and things happen. You may even have made the mistake prior to doing your to not doing any due diligence, and your buyer say, "Hey, it turns out we actually can't buy it for this price. This is the best that we can do." And if that's the only person, what you're going to do? You're just going to kill the deal. No, you need to normalize a system and a procedure for how to have reduction calls. And all a reduction call is a last failed attempt. I won't say failed attempt, but it's like your last chance <laughs> to to make something out of nothing. Or even if you have a great deal, if you don't ask, you don't get. So if you have a 20K deal, that's the difference between a 20K deal and a 25K deal. It's the difference between a 10K deal and a 20K deal. It's the difference between a 1K deal and a 9K deal by you normalizing reduction calls. But again, it's super important that you figure out a process and procedure for having this call set up so that it's like clockwork. You know, at this point, this is when we do the reduction call. And here we go. A little bit of bonus. This bonus is why I lost track in my account earlier. But this is technically number six, but it's a bonus. And I already mentioned it to you, which is going to be a hint on why this is so important. But under promise and over over deliver. Guys, make sure that you are not just word vomiting promises that you cannot keep. Please. That is so important. It is important for your brand. Is it important for your credibility? It is important for your business that you figure out a way to under promise, but still be able to make people want to do business with you and then just over deliver on the back end. Because that is how you guarantee great, great reviews, great testimonies, great word of mouth referrals, and people want to work with people who over deliver on their promises so that. My friends is going to be your five ways to avoid losing money in real estate. And just remember, by following these best practices, it will be normal for you to make 15 to 20 K per wholesale deal. Right. There's no reason that you should not be able to average 15 to 20 K per deal if you practice these things. And with the right systems and people in place it's going to also be normal for you to close four to five deals per month. Four to five deals per month at 15 to 20K. You guys do the math at the smallest numbers that's $60,000 a a, a month. $60,000 a month, four times 15. What can you do with $60,000 per month? Wholesaling is the easiest and fastest way for average people like you and me to tap into real estate. I didn't go back to school and get a real estate license. And I also didn't come from a ton of money that I can just dump into properties and invest in. Also, is what has given me all this knowledge about real estate from my networking with other buyers, networking with other sellers, learning with the market and how the markets are performing like this is the easiest and the fastest way for you to gain a ton of knowledge, a ton of experience and be able to tap into real estate with as little as a thousand dollars, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. Right. So there are a dozen different exit strategies to real estate. Wholesaling is just one of them. But it is also because as I say, wholesaling is wholesaling that. Wholesaling is what I do. So it's easy for me to, you know, from my angle to say, you know, this is so great. You got to try it. But it's also important for you to take a deep look into your own goals and desires for real estate to identify which strategies are going to be best for you. But again, if your income right now is linear. Definitely consider wholesaling for your exit strategy to get started because you can quickly take that linear skill set and apply it to wholesaling and make wholesaling passive income for you and be able to be an ATM to fund your future deals in real estate. As always, guys, I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show in this age of information. You have so much information available from your smartphone than what existed 50 years ago. The question for you right now, my friends, is what will you do with it? Now, yes, to answer your question that you might have been asking in the beginning of the show, you still have a chance to win $500, and the rules are very, very, very simple. Follow the MDM underscore pod on Instagram. That's T H E M D M underscore P O D, and tag three friends under any post of ours. Make sure that you also follow this last trick or last rule i guess post your favorite episode with a screenshot or video and tag the mdm underscore pod confirmation will be sent to you as soon as you complete all three steps and your name will be added to a raffle winners again will be announced on february 1st so keep those post notifications on so that you can be updated on the winners and with that said just remember to keep focused build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly